TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Featuring the most finest, Monte Hill. <laughs> the pride of the Excelsior, Joe Butcher Boy Shasky. happening here in the Bay Area. Good morning to everybody out there. Getting out their graveyard shift. All the cops, all the firefighters, all the beauty bus drivers, park conductors, students, teachers, construction workers, janitors, plumbers, carpenters, security guards, mailmen. You know what time it is. It's Bang Bang Niner game as we get ready for the divisional round playoff game between the Green Bay Packers and the 49ers. Of course, kick it off at 515 on Fox Sports, and we cannot wait. We cannot wait to be in the building, and we cannot wait to talk to Greg Olson. Greg Olson, of course, played with Christian McCaffrey out in Carolina. It's your biggest memory of Greg Olson as a player. I mean, there's a bunch of them, but he had some monster years with Cam. Those are some of my big memories of him. Hitting the seam Hitting right the down seam. the middle. Hitting the seam. Pride of uh, Miami University. He became one of the better tight ends in all of football, Greg Olson, that is. So I can't wait to talk to well, him about all it. Those, all those Miami tight ends were ballers. Shockey, Winslow, yeah. and him uh, yep. all in a row. Uh-huh. I mean, those were some great, great tight ends. Great, I mean, great teams, but yeah, great tight ends. Oh, they had a run. They had a run, no doubt about that. I mean, people forgot Jeremy Shockey was saucy. He was sick. He was sick. Uh, by the way, shout out to the Comcast Business Text Line. YouTube and Twitch brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union. The smart choice for low auto loan rates. It's super simple. Online application process. All right, let's bring in Greg Olson. Courtesy of the Boxer and Gerson Guest Line. Greg Olson. I mean, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite analysts in all of football here. I think he brings the heat. I think he does a hell of a job. He had a hell of a Super Bowl last year uh, with Kevin Burkhardt, of course, on Fox Sports. He'll be on a call this Saturday with the Niners trying to Stifle the Green Bay Packers, who had a big-time upset last week in Dallas. Greg, good morning, man. Welcome to 95-70 game. Bonte Hill, Joe Sasky, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. How's it going? Good morning, man. We're fired up to talk to you. We're fired up to talk about this football game. Obviously, a lot of variables here, and everybody loves to talk about the quarterback. So you're up close and personal to watch Jordan Love last Sunday in Dallas, and we're all taken. We're all shocked. Uh, not that Jordan Love isn't a good quarterback because he has been one of the hotter quarterbacks down the stretch here over the last nine weeks. It's just the way they took apart the Dallas Cowboys. You're there up close and personal. What did they do so well to really, they really had the Cowboys confused there defensively? 
Yeah, you know, leading into the game, I, I think, you know, as we kind of broke it down and we, we prepared for the call, I think we actually had some – we had a pretty good feel that offensively Green Bay was going to be okay. I, I think the biggest factor that we knew going in was the better Green Bay's defense could play. And, and obviously that Dallas offense led the league in scoring and was, you know, pretty much unstoppable at home was the, the better Green Bay's defense could play, especially early, the longer it would allow Green Bay to play their style. Right? Green Bay is not going to be a shotgun, drop back, throw the ball a million times. That's not Matt LaFleur. That's not their offense. It, it's not what's made them, you know, the back half of the season be, you know, one of the best offenses in the entire league. It was the ability to be in, you know, run situations and play from under center and play action pass and give the ball to Aaron Jones, who's done a four-game kind of heater. But that's only – you're only able to operate that way if you're not playing from behind and the defense isn't giving up points every possession. So, really, we thought the emphasis going into the game was really on Green Bay's defense. And because they played so well, they forced the two – they forced the early turnover by Jair Alexander when they were up 7 nothing to make it 14. And then, obviously, the pick six by Savage to make it 27. But once you find yourself up 2-3 and then eventually four scores – that's exactly where Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love in this offense is comfortable because now, you know, you sell out to stop their run game and they're throwing the ball to this young, talented group down the field. And then you try to play the play action stuff and they hand the ball off to Aaron Jones. So the balance of their offense is their strength, but the balance of their offense is only, you know, is only able to be used in, when they're not losing and when they're winning by as much as they were against Dallas. You know, maybe it's the, the arrogance in 49er fans, myself, watching this team all year. They've been dominant all year. It's hard to unsee the Green Bay Packers, though, smashing the Cowboys the way they did. I thought of the Cowboys in high regard. But had the game been played a week prior, and it was Niners-Packers, and the Cowboy game had never existed, wouldn't we be viewing this matchup differently? Yeah, right. We're all victims of the moment, right? We're all creatures of what we've seen last, and we make our decisions based on that. You know, a couple of weeks ago, when the 49ers had, you know, a tough night and some lucky, you know, unlucky bounces went against them against Baltimore, it, feel like, it felt like everybody jumped off the 49er bandwagon. It kind of goes both ways, and, you know, in neither situation, do I, you know, is it fair, but that's the nature of the hot reaction kind of world that we all live in, especially around the NFL this time of year. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think when, when you see a team like Green Bay go on the road as a seventh seed and beat, you know, what's been one of the better teams across the entire league and, you know, and especially at home, and not just beat them. It was 27 nothing with two seconds left in the first half, right? They, they right. punched in the last touchdown to, to make it 27-7 at the break. But, I mean, it was a pretty thoroughly all phases of the game handling and um, – no, I think that's you're as good as your last outing in the NFL, and you're as bad as your last outing in the NFL, at least in the eye of the perception. And but I still think if you're San Francisco, coming off a bye, healthy, coming out of the gates fast, playing at home, I, you know, I, I still think if you're a 49er fan, you, you should be feeling as good as any team in the league going into this week's games. Greg Olson to be on the call alongside Kevin Burkhart for Fox Sports does a tremendous job in the booth, was a tremendous tight end in the NFL for many, many years from 07 to 2020. And he played with Christian McCaffrey out in Carolina. Now, Greg, I think people out here in the Bay Area forgot how good Christian McCaffrey was because we saw him down the road at Stanford. And we were thinking, boy, if the Niners drafted him coming out of Stanford, now they didn't. They went Solomon Thomas. Christian McCaffrey goes to the East Coast. But then last season on this show, we're thinking, boy, the Niners, they got a home run hitting running back. How cool would that be in the Shanahan offense? 
Lawrence. They went to go make the trade for Chris McCaffrey. Nobody remembers the picks they gave up for Chris McCaffrey because he's been that good. Seeing him against this Packers defense in that run game, how good is this Packers run defense, and how are they going to be able to slow down Chris McCaffrey? Because he does so many different things on the football field. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Christian's a close friend of mine. You know, played with him for years in Carolina. I was his teammate for his thousand thousand year, and you know, I, just I, I could go on. We could do an entire show on just Christian McCaffrey and and the way he prepares and the type of guy he is. And, and I don't think I'm telling anybody. I don't think I'm telling anybody out there anything they don't already know. But I think what what makes McCaffrey unique. In, in the scope of on the field is there's typically two types of backs in the league, right? There's the every down kind of bell cow gets the hard yards. He's getting third and shorts. He's asked to punch it in the goal line. He, he's got to do the dirty between the tackle runs and, and kind of go up there and, and, and muddy it up. And then there's the, the home run guy. There's the guy that they try to get on the perimeter. They throw screens. They use them in the passing game on most teams. That's two different guys. Right on most teams, that's a committee approach, and they try to you know use each guy towards his strengths. What's unique about Christian is he's both. You know, he's the guy that you want to give for the tough runs, the gotta have it runs, but then he's also the guy that Shanahan is as good as anybody in the league finding matchups, using him out of the backfield in the passing game, running choice routes, running slot receiver routes. I mean, he could play slot receiver in the NFL if that's what he committed himself to. So he, he's just unique in that regard because while most teams in today's NFL on defense are saying, okay, if I gotta, if I gotta choose, I'm gonna stop the passing game because you can score a lot quicker, generate a lot more explosive plays in the air than you can traditionally on the ground. San Francisco is really the exception to that rule. Their ability to generate explosive runs is what really makes their run game such a threat. And I think that's why teams come into games taking it away. It's less about the gross yards. It's less about that. It's the explosive nature of Christian and that scheme that Shanahan has that scares defense. You know, they're not worried about your run game going four or five yards a clip. They're worried about McCaffrey first play of the game, taking it the distance (laughs) like he did a few weeks ago. You know, like that's what scares teams. And then all of a sudden from there, Brock Purdy's thrown against eight man boxes on first and second down. And, you know, he's got, he's got one of the best skilled groups in the league and, and obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So it all goes hand in hand, but uh, it, it, McCaffrey, in my mind, he's, he's the linchpin of the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, I think we, I think we all agree on that one. You, you keep referencing Brock Purdy. A lot's been made of Brock Purdy this year, especially from like a national level. Is he good? Is he really, really good? Is he the, the, the bus driver or is he the passenger? And I don't know. When I watch the guy play, I just feel like he's got a great feel, command. He understands where the blitzes are coming from. He's very accurate. He does so many little things well. I Obviously, you know the game inside and out because you played it. You're friends with CMC. What are some of the things that maybe the novice on on their couch doesn't pick up on what are the guys behind the scenes saying about this guy which proves to you he's got it i think the two biggest things that stand out when you watch the tape and, and you really kind of dive into to this offense i think well before that I, I think there's a lazy narrative out there that just because you have a great coach which obviously Kyle Shanahan is, and just because who also is a great play caller, and then also because you're surrounded by really good talent that somehow that minimizes the type of player that you are. And, and, I, and I just I think throughout history, we haven't really applied the same 
the same guidelines to other really, right? And we never held it against Kurt Warner. He's a Hall of Famer, rightfully so. No one ever said, yeah, but he had a Hall of Fame left tackle, okay? So does, so does Purdy. He had two Hall of Fame receivers. He had a Hall of Fame running back. So, you know, Peyton Manning played with mm-hmm. you know some of the best wide receivers in history. For whatever reason, everyone loves to use that against Purdy. So I think that narrative hopefully starts to play itself out because all the kid does is play at a high level since he took over. But back to the original point, I think the two biggest things that stand out, he is an elite processor. He is able to eliminate reads. He's able to eliminate sides of the field based on coverage. He's a lit- he is a really, really quick processor of information, which allows him to make fast decisions and get the ball to the appropriate place on time, which then leads to obviously the big yards after catch, which is accuracy and delivering the ball on time while the guy is open and allowing him to run. So I think that's number one. And then I think on number two, of all the great things San Francisco does really on both sides of the ball, and they're obviously you know at the top of the list in pretty much every category, they're, they're middle of, with the exception of Trent Williams, it's a middle-of-the-road offensive line pass protection-wise. They're by no means bad, but they're not one of these like dominant offensive lines from the drop-back mm-hmm. pass standpoint. I think Brock Purdy has done an unbelievable job playing from dirty pockets, playing with pressure, playing with guys at his feet. You know, he leads almost every category in the league, yards per attempt, completion percentage, all the important metrics under pressure. And I think most quarterbacks in this league operate at a clean pocket pretty well. I mean, if they right. couldn't do that, they wouldn't be in the league. But, man, his ability to operate from a messy pocket, his ability to make off-platform throws, his ability to keep his eyes downfield when protection's not perfect – I, I think that is another element that kind of separates him from a lot of young guys around the league. Greg Olson here on the Morning Rush, courtesy of the Boxer and Gerson guest line. He'll be on the call Saturday. Does a tremendous job for Fox Sports. Really love your work, Greg. Uh, in the booth there, you're a great tight end as well. Um, real quick before we get into that, Green Bay, what they did to Dallas. Obviously, you mentioned the two picks, right? The pick six by Darnell Savage to make it 27-0. Jair Alexander picking it off when it was 7-0. Then slowing down the run game early there. What can the Packers defense do to befuddle Brock Purdy? Because now we're starting to hear some talk. Devontae Wyatt talking about, hey, if we put pressure on Brock, we could create some turnovers. It's almost a guarantee. What can they do to really do to, 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 to stifle this Niners offense? Because you just mentioned it here. They got two wide receivers in Debo and Ayuk who are ballers. George Kittle's probably the best tight into football outside of Travis Kelsey, and he was probably better and more productive this season. So what can Green Bay do to replicate that performance defensively against the 49ers? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a different animal this week. I think last week they were able to go into that game against Dallas and say, okay, everything against Dallas starts with the passing game, right? First down passing, best team in the league. You know, they want, they're still good on third down. Like, mm-hmm. everything was about Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and the passing game. The, the running game for Dallas this year was a little bit of an afterthought. Now, people say, oh, you got to have some more balance. They led the league in scoring. And the reality is, in the NFL, you score by throwing the ball. The fastest way to score, explosive pass plays. The easiest way to score is through the air. And they had one of the best quarterbacks who had an MVP-type MVP season in right. back. And 
the best wide, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in the league in CD with again other other talented guys around right. him. So I think they went into that game saying, okay, I can play more four down fronts on first and second down when they had traditionally been five man fronts in their base personnel. They were traditionally a single high safety team, played a lot more two high, saying, all right, let's keep the ball in front of us and let's rally tackle. Now, part of that was the game plan coming in. But also part of that was the score got so out of hand, Green Bay was able to play that style of defense and just say, hey, just don't let him throw and score right. quick over our head. We're up by four scores. So mm-hmm. I, I just I think you have to be careful defending San Francisco that way. I think the, really the only down San Francisco is a pass-heavy team is first down. Every other down in situation, they are a run-first team. And it goes back to our earlier conversation because – they're able to generate explosive runs. Mm-hmm. That, that's the element that makes them so hard. So I think Green Bay's got to be a little bit more versatile with mixing up their five-man fronts, mixing up their four-man fronts. They, they've really got to play the, the down and distances perfect because you play nickel, you play four-man nickel against, you know, when use checks out there and Kittle and Christian and Debo and Ayuk, and they're in 21 personnel that they major in. Well, you play them in base between Kittle and Ayuk and Trent Williams, uh, you're going to have a hard time stopping the run, right? And then all of a sudden you say, all right, we've got we to gotta bring some bigger bodies out there. We're going to play five-man front, close the coverage, extra man in the box. And now they're an empty. And, and George Kittle's like a wide receiver. You know, use checks like a tight end. And McCaffrey's a receiver. And now you say, okay, now what? So it, it's just their style puts so much pressure on you. It's hard to play them in man because of San Francisco's personnel and their formation variety. So everyone just pretty much zones everything out. It's a, listen, it is the best offense in the league for a reason, combination of scheme, combination of obviously elite personnel. And um, it's just a little bit of a different animal in their balance that Green Bay didn't have to really worry about last week. Against uh, against Dallas, breaks it down so well. He's Shasky. so good. I love it. <laughs> you play with Peppers in Chicago before he was with Carolina, and, and before you had joined Carolina. Then you play with Luke Keekley. Like I'm looking at two guys on this defense because the defense kind of the pass rush evaporated, yeah. especially in that Dallas Cowboy playoff game last year. And and they need the pass rush, and they need this guy Fred Warner to be everywhere guarding Aaron Jones in the flat and and just stuffing the run. H- how do they get those guys going? Do they match up well against Green Bay? I'm talking Nick Bosa and Fred Warner because that front seven and being dominant and getting back, if they want to get to the Super Bowl, those two guys to me have to play like it. What do you think? How do, how do they get those guys going? Yeah, I mean, obviously those guys are amongst the elite players in the league. And, you know, last week Dallas had their, you know, premier rusher in Micah and, you know, obviously Bosa and, and Micah and the Miles Garrett to the world and the, and the TJ Watts, they're kind of that upper echelon defensive line kind of elite category. I think a, a big difference between San Francisco and Dallas is, is really just the style of their off-the-ball linebackers. You know, Dallas kind of plays that dime. All those linebackers are, you know, 210-pound safeties who are fast and physical, but they're built to defend the pass. They're built to play with the lead. That's, you know, that's by design, Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, how they built that roster. And, you know, it's obviously served them well, you know, overall. They, they've struggled in the playoffs. San Francisco, again, a little bit of a different, a little bit of a different world, you know, with those two off-the-ball backers. So I would add Dre Greenlaw to that mix. I, yeah. I think Greenlaw and, and, and Fred, yes, they make a million tackles. Yes, they're sideline to sideline. I think the difference, of, the difference that those guys bring is it is very hard to throw the ball in between the hash marks. It's very hard to attack the middle of the field and play action and all that. 
because Fred and Dre are just, they're big, they're long, they've got great instincts, they can tell the difference between play-action pass and handoff based on how the guard comes out of his stance. You don't see him take those big play fakes and get sucked up and let the guy get behind him. So I, I think Fred's one of the elite players, regardless of position on the defensive side of the ball. I think Dre Greenlaw is kind of their, he's their enforcer. He's their kind of, he's their thumper. He's their banger. I mean, he, he's, he's coming to, to punish guys when he gets to the ball. Those off, their ability off the ball to run, tackle, limit yards after catch in yep. space, and, and defend the pass, I, I think linebacker, that specific position, I think is, is the key this week for San Francisco because th- there's other good D-lines, right? There's right. other good pass rushers. They just did a great job last week against Parsons. And again, I'm not saying they're going to stifle Bosa. I'm right. just, very few teams have the linebackers to go along with the front mm-hmm. that San Francisco does. No, that's such a great point. You talk about tackling. We saw that with Philadelphia on Monday night against Tampa Bay. Six-yard pass plays, score for 50-yard touchdowns there. you got to tackle at this time of the year. And it's all about the churches, of course. Greg, real quick, before we let you go, we enjoy you so much on the broadcast. We're so glad that you joined us today because all season long, whenever you do a Niner game and you're the color analyst for a 49er game, we're like, man, Greg also really brings it. Absolutely. When did you know? Because we know you started broadcasting as a player. It's a very unique situation. But when did you know full-time that, you know what? I'm going to make a career out of it. And by the way, you should remain the number one team yes. once that quarterback decides if he wants to be a broadcaster or not. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know, it's funny. I, if I had to pick one fan base that I hear from the most that thinks I don't like them, I would have to say it's San Francisco. And really? I can't quite figure out. No. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. I swear. No, they don't. They don't say that I don't like me on the games. They right. say they don't. That I don't like San Francisco, which <laughs> couldn't be further from the truth. So we, we cheer for we cheer for close games, but it's also our our job to we're going to criticize things that right. are wrong, and we're going to praise both teams when they do things right. And just because this weekend we praise San Francisco doesn't mean we're cheering for them. And right. just because we talk about how great Jordan Love is and all that doesn't mean we are cheering against San Francisco. So that's kind of the nature of the beast. So I appreciate you guys saying that. And, um, you know, I, I don't really know if there was really a, a moment. I, I had some cool opportunities back in seven, 2017. I, uh, I was, you know, I was still playing here right. in Carolina and it was a bye week and I had done a Fox audition a couple of years, uh, maybe an off season or two earlier. I remember the exact year. And they asked me, they said, Hey, on your bye week would you like to join a three man booth at Charles Davis and Kevin Burkhart and, and join that booth at the time they were the Fox number two crew. And, uh, we went up to Minnesota and called the game, uh, called the Vikings game. And I did that on my bye week as a current player. So I did it in 17, yep. Yep. really enjoyed it. Um, and then in 19, they let me come back and do it as a two man booth with, with Kenny Albert. So that was my first time in there just by myself, no other analyst. And, uh, they, they said, you know, whenever you retire, we have a spot for you. So my first year, I was able to join Kevin on the B crew. And then, of course, everything went down last the last uh, two years ago. And nah, we'll you, see, you, And as you referenced, we'll see what happens. Nah, you, you've, done a, you've done a great job. I think in the Super Bowl, man, you were on it, man. I, I, truly, we enjoy it. And you're a tight end. We, we always see these quarterbacks see in the book of DBs. Yeah, he is in my See, Come Greg, on. I'm not going to admit. Well, I'm mean, going to admit. I'm a Florida State fan, oh, but I have respect for the U. I do have respect hey, Greg, for the U. Greg, 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 before you get out of here, this is how you win over the <laughs> Bay Area. You go on that broadcast on Saturday night, and you say, I went on with the guys on the morning roast on 95-7 the game. I'm now a roaster. And trust me, you will get unanimous approval. You can walk through the Excelsior right now with your head high. 
Fair enough. Hey, that might be my open. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, our producer went to the University yes, of Miami, so he guy. may be more excited than us. So, Greg, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, man. Have a great call Saturday. We really enjoy you in the booth for Kevin Burkhart. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate you having me. Take Anytime. care. Anytime. Greg Olson here on the Morning Ross on 8570 Game, courtesy of the Boxer Gersey guest line. He just breaks it down. And he breaks down the, the formation, the four-man fronts, the five-man fronts. Nickel, I love the way he puts it, man. For the casuals, he makes it so under so understandable to understand the concepts of a defense or an offense. I'm Kevin Burkhart, and I'm Greg Olson, and I'm a roaster. <laughs> I want that so bad. If that happens. You love how I slip oh, that in yeah, there, no, dude. No, no. Only you can do it like only that. Me? Only you. Only you. All right. We're going to get to the calls. Bump Carlos Ramirez to 835. 835, Carlos Ramirez. Because we got to get Because we got to get the calls in. We got to get everybody in here. Oh, I see Ricky and Danfield. Okay, Ricky. I see you. You're out in the woodwork here. By the way, some breaking news with the Golden State Warriors, and I figured this would happen. The NBA is postponing Friday's game between the Warriors and Mavericks after the sudden death of Golden State assistant coach Dayon Milojovic, and it's probably for yeah, the best. Yeah. Of course, the Warriors and Jazz was postponed last night, so no Warriors and Mavericks game tomorrow postponed. So the Warriors will probably be back next Wednesday when they take on the Atlanta Hawks. And by the way, mm. last chance to type in a keyword on this show, the keyword to winning this Christian McCaffrey autographed jersey. Jersey! J-E-R-S-E-Y. Jersey to 20357. Jersey to 20357. By the way, did you know that Greg Olson had initially enrolled at Notre Dame? I He's didn't gonna, know that. Yeah, did he trash Charlie Weiss? He transferred to the U. Huh. So the U's been playing paying players years before the NIL. Oh man. So if it ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Two zero three five seven. Yeah. Two zero three five seven if you want to get that Christian McCaffrey jersey. You could qualify again from one from twelve thirty to one thirty, from four thirty to five thirty. You have twelve chances all week long. All right, what's coming up in the game? Brought to you by Fremont Bank Full Service Banking. No compromises. Colors Ramirez in about eight minutes. BPA, Ricky, May Buddy, Aaron. We're getting to y'all here on the morning roll on ninety five seven the game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.